So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, 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 or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Suddenly, I feel like it's, I didn't notice it was feeling That prayer time really took your voice out of. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just going to jump right into life. And that is, we're recording on a random Monday because Danny is leaving to go out of town for a little family vacation on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be gone Wednesday through Sunday. So if we wanted to fit in recording this week. Now is the time. We're doing it on a Monday night. The kids were super surprised when we came home from dinner at the Johnsons and we were like, guess what? You guys get to hang out. Which? Dinner at the Johnsons. This is the first time we've had dinner at the Johnsons since... Milestone, I think. I don't even know. March? Yeah, a long time. It's been a long time. So to just go back there and do our normal Monday night dinner there was so nice. It felt almost surreal in a way. It that it's it like, just felt so normal, even though we hadn't done it for so yes. long. You yeah. Know? Like, but it getting just the feels like out. we're just back in the normal. Like, nothing un- ever even happened. Yeah. It just a lot has happened. Yeah. But it was great. It was, was so great. Super so. thankful for that time. Yeah. So, yes, the kids are having some. We also, maybe if I say this out loud on here, we need to remember to plug the fish tank filter back oh. in. Oh, yeah. We had to unplug it because it's now... Here, I'll stick my water bottle over there. Okay. This is like on when you put floor. a shoe by your kid in yeah. the car. Yeah, put it by the plug. Tim has new little visitors in his office, and but the, the, the fish tank was noisy. Too loud, so we unplugged it. But that's not something we want to forget no. long term. <laughs> Especially when he's not working in here all week. Yeah, that would be... Anyway, Dad. So... Um, so this week, yeah, we're going on vacation. You are jumping back into a little bit of a routine. Yeah. How are you? Today was last night when we were getting ready to go to bed. So Sunday night, Tim was like, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Because my plan was mm-hmm. to kind of go full swing into like all of school for the most part, except. Right. Well, like phase one of all. Oh, uh, no. This feels like phase two. I feel like phase one was like oh, okay. doing anything. Like okay, doing okay. math. Like... Phase two. But not like, you're like to like the 85% level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you just have the like odds the and ends. The 100% level only lasts for a very short amount of time. I know. But, but yes. you're not trying to jump all the way to that yet. No. But you're But close. I am. Very select yes. subjects that you're not doing that yes. can just But then also them. adding in like. Home things we're doing. Right. Um, but, so he was asking how I was feeling last night, and I was like, I just only answered it by saying, like, like we just need to pray. Because mm-hmm. it just feels like too much. All like of it. you should there's do just, one or the other, but there's not. There's just too much going on to even, like, think clearly. But at the same time, it feels like all things I feel like God is asking us to do, and so yes. we have to, like, figure out. And I just kind of said to him, like... I just don't want to lose sight of, like, 
what is actually matters in the midst of trying to do what we think matters. Like trying to like make improvements on our home to look pretty isn't a bad thing, but I don't want that to be like, now we're angry and grumpy at our kids because they're getting toys out and playing. Like, right. or like, I don't want to be like yelling at my kids to do all their, these new chores and, or I don't want to be like having my kids have this bad taste in their mouth towards their school subjects because I'm just having a bad attitude about it and just because want to get over with. you feel overwhelmed and yeah. So I just am like, we need to like, if that means I don't do everything, I, I would rather do that than do everything with kids who have hearts now that are like embittered and. And your own heart. Yes. Embittered, yes. Because of me, yes. So I'm like, I just want that to be like on the forefront, and so. But it's always so hard because yeah. we also are at a place in our lives where there is always going to be too much to do, mm-hmm. and if, and it's really more about our attitudes changing mm-hmm. and having flexibility and being prayerful and with yes. our time than it is about. Well, that just seems too ambitious, and I can yes. have a much better attitude if I just can lay around on the couch and yeah. not have to do all the. I mean, and I'm speaking of totally. this for myself just yeah. equally as much. And yeah. Yeah. So I do feel like um, today I started the Bible reading challenge when it started on September 6th, but today was the first day that like the family joined me uh-huh. in doing that. I had just been doing it by myself. So we decided we decided that we were gonna break it up where Tim does New Testament in the morning, like mm-hmm. with us during breakfast, and then I do Old Testament with the kids in the afternoon, mm-hmm. um, and then Tim will just read that on his own. Yeah. So I was telling him like that feels like I was really and still am and will probably continue to just struggle with like feeling like I need to have that be the top priority and like if math doesn't get done Mm -hmm. that's more important even though I know like obviously reading God's word is but in like the way of doing it like this way of such large chunks Mm -hmm. and how much time that takes and all that feel can feel overwhelming and like yeah it's so hard though because I feel like especially right now with just the again kind of amped up temperature of the political climate yeah. and things in our country I feel like I I definitely feel convicted more than ever like yes we've done the bible reading challenge the last couple of years mm-hmm. and there's Chip and I have had several conversations like well maybe we don't do the bible reading challenge as a family because it is so it does take so much time mm-hmm. and it is so much and we could just do smaller bible things mm-hmm. or a morning devotional or yeah just our Charlotte Mason, like two days a week Bible, but we keep coming back to, no, this is the most important thing though. Mm -hmm. Like this really is, this is the thing that if anything gets like overly pounded into our heads and into our kids' heads, like this is what it needs to be. We need to have God's word Mm -hmm. like so in front of us all the time. And if we're in our lives aren't, displaying the importance of reading God's word to our children like they're not going to even just if because we're doing say, it in our morning quiet yes. time before and saying up. that God's word is important and reading it is important like that only goes as far as like our how much time are we actually taking doing that and right I mean I just I have done the summer challenge which is shorter and I've attempted the year cha- the year long like school year challenge multiple times 
and never just it just always ends up being it gets away from you so yes. quickly because there's less catch-up days it's like not weekly catch-up and days more, and it's more it's six chapters, chapters a day. day and so i know it's, so you it's, miss one day and you feel especially like, it always the ones that i mess up in totally air saturdays oh because we're in like a normal school routine during the right. week but then saturdays are like our, our day, just day that we don't do normally the, sit like, and do that and things yeah so and then it feels like i'm starting the monday with like oh i have saturday like yes yeah yeah but they're i always we we run into that problem and then our other problem is i feel like i feel like we've never done isaiah because it's always the month of december and oh. i feel like between like all the extra things going yes. on and then we always try to do like advent mm. devotionals mm-hmm. yeah. and all these other things that I feel like I'm I'm I've been praying about like do we really make lockdown with Isaiah but it also <laughs> feels like such a hard book to it feels so much easier to do advent devotionals yes. that feel like talking but I feel like there's so much about yes. the Christmas story in Isaiah mm-hmm. but it's much more difficult to like yeah work through so yeah i don't know i don't know we've got a couple of months before i have to decide on that but well overall i feel like i texted a friend saying that like i felt it didn't get everything done on our list at all like that we i had hoped to or planned to i also had a doctor appointment so that took up a mm-hmm. good hour and a half of my day but um but i felt like i'm ending the day with feeling like I had a joyful attitude. My kids had a joyful attitude. They were all like... And you got way more done than if you weren't trying to get anything done. And honestly, probably if you had the amount of things on your list of what you actually got done today, Mm -hmm. at least if it were me, probably all of that wouldn't have gotten done. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like... I feel like in order to get everything done, you have to aim so lo- like you have to have such low mm-hmm. expectations that it's always better to have higher expectations yeah. and never get through the whole checklist. Yeah. And I would rather look at my checklist because I have it broken out by week, like marking off little boxes because that's how I okay. visually do things. But I would rather look at like the the line that says like Bible reading challenge and see that all filled in for the whole week than like logic of English. Yes, every I day mean, it's important to yes. do English. And it's important, but even, even these things, I'm like, well, then we're just going to do half lessons. If I only have 20 minutes before I have to leave for my doctor appointment, we're only going to get this far. And all we do is go through the flashcards and that's all we get to. Then that's all we get to. So just trying to be diligent and like, what is the next thing I need to be doing to be faithful? And there was probably a good 30 minutes that I laid on the couch with Boaz because I'm like, I haven't seen you all day because mm-hmm. I've been busy. And that's and, an important thing too. Yeah. It's remembering that this time with a newborn baby right. is important with them. Yes. Like, But even with that, it felt like I was reading science. So I like, yeah, it just felt like we were able to still And we got along. to hang out for like 30 minutes when I brought it you was. groceries and rearrange some of your decor on your wall. Yeah, so amidst starting and, up school, I, I also... I feel like we got things done with that yes. too that needed to... We also decided to like redecorate my house which is not my well redecorate slash also change functionality of certain things so 
I feel like it's always. I'm not just like ha- a... get, buying some new pictures and hanging around walls. Right, but and you're not even just. It's not even just about the decor. It's also no. about like the organization and function yes. of your yes. home, which I do think there's a big difference right. between like it's not like you're just like oh we're gonna replace this cabinet with one that we like that's we're gonna make right. it a new color or something. Yes. It's yeah, and that. But that, it's a that makes it a bigger deal, right? But it also it's just a lot to like think through, and and it's definitely not my skill at all. Right. I'm not. I'm. It just takes a lot of like thought and brain power to like think through a lot of details that doesn't come naturally to me. That just takes a lot of energy from me. But we're moving along. We're making small changes, and I just have to. I have to be okay with the fact that. You've got Melissa and I back here to help you. <laughs> yep. They went shopping with me at Hobby Lobby for a couple hours on Saturday. and She keeps texting us pictures of areas and Being like, help me with this. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we love it. Yeah, it's definitely glad. And Tim is glad because he loves these, loves these things and wants these things done. But knows I need a little bit of encouragement. Yeah. So. And... I pretty much just decided, since we're leaving on Wednesday, we're still doing some amounts of school. Like I said, Bible reading challenge is one of our top priorities. We're trying to do that every day. And uh, one of my kids had drum lessons start for the first time today. Kenzie had orchestra start tonight. And your kids do like their math on their own already. Do their math and they do... All their music lesson or music practicing, and we read some science to get ready for co-op. And uh, but I'm not doing some of the logic of English stuff. And did you do English that. today with Kenzie? Yes, I did it with Kenzie okay, and Reichen. Okay, because she told me you did that. Yes, we did Kenzie and Reichen. Who they are the ones that I they they're always usually last on the list, so I don't yeah. ever get to them. So I did them first because there was a moment where neither of them were working on something else. So yeah, I guess I did. Uh, Way I just to go. Try to get through as I my goal is to do all the kids every day, even though I know that's never possible. Mm-hmm. And I usually focus on the younger kids because. They need much more consistency with where they're at yeah. with like learning to read. So I didn't do it with them, but I've got, I'm teaching co-op on Wednesday before we go out of town, which feels like, yeah. and I had to shop for food to take on the trip and have to have that prepared. Mm-hmm. And so it just, I'm kind of not going to worry. I'm just treating this week as kind of a... The whole week is mm-hmm. already fall break. Yeah. Even though we've only been doing school for two weeks. <laughs> well. Then I'll jump back in hopefully after we get home. Yeah. And I have so many areas of my house. The thing right now that I just keep trying to block out of my mind, but we have we have a area in our basement that we have food storage containers and things and many of the, the whole the whole goal is like we we go through this bin of flour and then when this one's empty we have another mm-hmm. one that's already full that we move and then we fill that one yeah. and put that one to the second spot and but right now like just all of them are empty but we have the we the have bags. the ingredients to refill them but they're not refilled yeah. and it's just a big catastrophe and yeah I just really need to go through and 
reorganize that. Mm-hmm. It's really, really bothering me anytime I need to go down there and get anything. Yeah. It's like, feels like I'm suffocating, <laughs> but I don't have to go down and get things very often. Yeah. So, but I'm like, when I get home, I have to, this is like a very yeah. high priority. I have to tackle this project and will probably take me like a day or two days or something, but yeah, it's really... Well, all right, so catching up with our episodes. Yes. Is this number four? Yes. Okay. We were right so, to the morning of... You got home from your trip. We were to the morning of laying in your bed. Yes, okay. So, yeah. Wednesday, July 28th. I had been home for less than 48 hours. Uh-huh. And... Tim left that morning to go meet someone at the bank to purchase our new van to replace the van that got totaled in the accident. And Danny came over. Um, I just, it was the first day with, like I had said, with Tuesday being, Tuesday was Chip's day off still before he had to go back to work Wednesday morning. And so we had done a lot of trying to get unpacked and our life somewhat back to some sort mm-hmm. of and so Chip went back to work Wednesday and so you just came over it was just finally kind of a down day that yeah. I felt like I can come and hang out with you and yes so at this point I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's episode but I think I mentioned what my injuries were but I don't know that I mentioned like what that meant as far as like my mobility through the end of my pregnancy like I was not able to not really be in bed right at all um i would go to the bathroom i know we said that for like right after i got home from the hospital Mm -hmm. but it was like that for the whole month right essentially your foot was in excruciating levels of pain in your ankle yes and there was nerve damage to which anytime it was not elevated it would turn purple swell up and be like excruciatingly painful so the only way to strange like pins and needles sensations like a lot of different yes um so the only way to do that was to just stay in bed with my leg, with my bed, like feet raised and my leg up. And that's where I stayed for a month, except to go to the bathroom pretty much mm-hmm. that entire month from the accident until I had Bo. That was where I was. There would be a couple days that I'd make it out in my wheelchair for like 20 minutes of living room. And mm-hmm. that was like 20 minutes of like excruciating pain. And it just was, it, that's just where I was. So anytime someone would come over... To visit me, they would come hang out with me in my room because I was in bed the whole time. Yes. So, Danny came, plopped on Tim's side of the bed, and we kind of just hung out. Like kids play. They hadn't seen each other for... Yeah. And we spent a lot... We had another friend come over to visit, um, and so we... I don't know how we got on the conversation of talking... Well, Tim had gone to go get the van. Mm -hmm. You... When I walked in, he had just left... But you were still looking at other vans. Yes, online. I was calling around because you actually were on like a. I was on a FaceTime virtual tour of another van in Las Vegas because I just really there was things with like the title and things with this van that There's I just a lean against it. It just felt too good to be true. And that I just didn't the price believe of it, the fact that it was local when they're so hard to find that it was like so in our expensive. area. Yes. It was significantly less than 
the other ones you were finding. Right. It had some some aspects of it that you really liked. Yes. So it just felt impossible. It felt too good to be true. And so I'm like, I need to be looking for other options. And so I was on I was on a FaceTime call with some, with some dealership in Las Vegas. Las Vegas that I was like planning as soon as Tim got home and it didn't work out with the van because I was so sure it wouldn't that I was going to like put a deposit and have him go in the next couple days. Good thing I didn't because I would have had a baby. Um, to go pick up this van from Las Vegas because that's how, like, there was just nothing. Yep. So, anyway. So, as you're telling me, as I'm asking you questions, like, well, what do you think won't work out about this? And because you're presenting it to me so sure that, well, this, Tim's looking at this one, but you just had this kind of Mm -hmm. attitude of, like, surely because kind of because it's too good to be true yes. it, it won't work out but when right. i'm asking when i'm kind of pushing you on like well why why do you think it won't work out you really didn't have any it was it just reasons. felt i was like jaded towards right. like there's no way that it would happen because it's too perfect right so it has to be like a scam of some kind yeah yeah and so i basically point blank said like you need to stop being simple <laughs> Yeah, I, you said, I think you're being in sin right now by not believing that this that God could give you a good gift like this. And I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I immediately and I was, was And like, I said, I'm not saying that I know he will, but you're acting like... He can't. Or he, he wouldn't won't. do that. Right. Yeah. So that was really convicting. Then we just talked more about just... God and his ability to give us good gifts and that he wants to give us good gifts. It doesn't mean they're always the good gifts that we are hoping for or right. wanting, but that he does, just like we like to give our children good things, God does the same. And, and we um, can ask for very specific things and he can flat out say no to those yeah. things and make it feel like he's withholding things. But right. we have to remember that his character is that he's a good father mm-hmm. and that he knows what our needs are and that right. he's going to work those for our good, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. And that I think it's so important to go back to that. That doesn't mean circumstances without pain. Right. Or, or circumstances or... without loss right. or that sometimes those are the best things mm-hmm. for us, for his glory, for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, but remembering that it's good is mm-hmm. so important. Remembering yeah. that he is good. Yeah. And that he knows the desires of our hearts. Like, with the whole tie-dye thing from last episode I talked about and, like, these random details of this van that felt too good to be true because they were the exact things I wanted and that it, God knows those things. And he can, is able, he's powerful enough, he's sovereign enough to give us those things if that is what he sees is right and good and so just kind of convicting me of of my unbelief and um just how i was viewing god unintentionally i guess um so we kind of just hung out in my bed that morning and talked and then you left to go get some stuff done at your house yeah and i remember all day that whole morning into you the whole afternoon to i was be able to take a shower wanting to take a shower and i still at this point a month after the accident i still needed tim's help in that 
Um, I couldn't take a shower by myself. I couldn't get in there by myself. I couldn't. And um, so I just had kept saying, like, I just can't wait until Tim is able to get back from the van and help me. And it just got, kept getting pushed off until finally it was like four in the afternoon. And I had asked him if he could finally come help me. And then he came back to try to help me. But instead, we just got into a whole conversation slash I had like an emotional breakdown over different things of just feeling overwhelmed and like that even something like taking a shower feels like such an ordeal in all the things that have to happen to do that and I just want to be able to get up and get in the shower when I feel dirty and that I have to depend on him for that when so it just got us like talking about these things and how I was feeling which just led to like me crying a lot and knowing that me crying a lot and us talking about these things was like wasting the time I had to take a shower and then I'm like feeling more stressed about that and then I just got to a point where I'm like well it's too late it's too late it's too close and now I'm gonna feel rushed and I don't want to feel rushed because it's like my one shower and I don't want your boys had been taken to a movie by a friend Yes. And so you just had your girls and, and Ruben. Ruben at home. Yeah. And it was dinner time. And I knew Tim had to like warm up dinner for my kids. And so it just felt like we need to just. And then the boys were going to be getting home. Yes. And they were going to need dinner. And so I'm like, why don't you just go out there and start warming up the soup that was brought. And we'll try to do this later tonight because it's just not. I'm just too like. And I'm still like bawling and I'm just really emotional and it just felt like this is not the right time so he left and you also had made the plan that because of your birth being a very different experience knowing that you were going to be going to the hospital that you were going to be talking about yes so after the car accident we weren't sure what was going to happen if I was still gonna most of I've had my first birth in the hospital as an induction that was a c-section and then all the other of the four others at home one being just a normal unmedicated hospital birth so i've had four is it four yeah four home births right it was hospital c-section home birth hospital birth that was unmedicated and then home birth home birth home birth yes and my plan this time with boaz was home birth but after the accident we just had no idea where i was going to be at at the time well, because right after the accident, you're contracting. Yes. So you're thinking... I could be having and, a baby. And you're one, you're wanting to have more tabs on how he's doing. Right. Like in, a, in a little bit different way. Yes. And then, yes, not knowing the condition of what your body's going to be like when you end up right. having him, you just decided... You pretty much immediately did go to kind of a co-care situation. Yes, which I, I immediately... Like the midwife group you found for the hospital was really understanding and good about yes, that. I immediately established care with a hospital practice just so I knew I had a home birth midwife and I had a hospital birth midwife and I could, no matter what way it went, and I felt pretty 50-50 at that point. But as um, the time went on, I As like... the time went on, I think probably two weeks after the accident, Feeling like... Well, your foot was kind of getting worse at it that It was point. getting worse. And talking to my my doctors, they were just kind of saying, there's literally nothing else we can do until after you have your baby. And you're probably just going to feel terrible until then. It just got to a point where I'm like, okay, well... If I feel like I this, can't, then I can't even I move knew, around. Yeah, I couldn't move. I couldn't have it down. I could... There was just no way in my mind that I could, like, give birth 
at home. And I was also feeling like I wanted to have more monitoring than I typically probably would have for Bo, knowing how I had impact on your stomach, significant and... bruising on my belly. And I just, it's felt... like you knew that he was doing well at the checkups you'd have, yes. but also not knowing is the placenta like barely hanging right. on and yes. this is gonna, yeah. yeah. So I did end up deciding probably, I think at my 37 week appointment, like, okay, we're planning a hospital birth now. We're gonna, you know, let our home birth midwife know that she doesn't need to be like ready for me and that we're just gonna plan to have a hospital birth. I'm gonna plan to get an epidural because I'm not able to move at all anyway. And um, I had never, that was the only type of birth I had not had was an epidural birth. And so, um, that was kind of the plan, but we had never gone into, we've never gone into a birth of we're going to the hospital to get an epidural and have a baby ever, even though this was our seventh baby. And so we had planned that night, that Wednesday night for Tim and I to kind of talk through details of like, what does this mean? Especially for him of what he might need to be aware of or know yes. or yeah, and it, as your support person. Yeah. Because he's never had to support me in something like that. And so he, we just wanted to kind of re-talk about all of that that night um so he left to go heat up soup for the kids i laid in bed crying for probably a half an hour meanwhile i had gone home that afternoon and frantically tried to finish making some sort of order out of all of the clothes that still hadn't been put away and things because we were having friends over for dinner that night oh right so honestly that was like the only motivating factor of kind of finishing I mean and my house was not put back together it was just to a level where I felt like I could have Mm -hmm. people come yeah into our house and not have things everywhere but that's kind of what I had spent those couple of hours doing yeah and I laid there crying and thinking listening to worship music and I wrote a little bit in my journal just about like how I felt like I knew that this was all, like, having these, like, emotional breakdowns all felt normal for me at, like, the last two weeks of pregnancy. Having days like that or moments of just feeling overly emotional, crying, and the fact that the scenario in which I was in of, like, being bedridden and have a, like, it didn't feel like it was crazy that I was, like, having having an emotional time. Right. And I, but I, I remember writing in my journal saying that, like, I know that my normal, which my last few babies have all been born on their due date or the day before, that that is normal for me. Is like that that's kind of what I could expect is to have my baby. And you typically start to have quite a bit of prodromal labor. Yes, a lot of contraction. Eight weeks on. Yes. And at this point, this particular Wednesday, I was thirty-eight weeks and four. Well, I guess what due date? Two days if you go with my later due date. Right. So it felt like it wasn't normal for me to start having contractions or having things, but knowing that my normal is to have my baby on their due date or around there. Um, So I remember writing that in the journal saying, like, I know that this is probably going to be another 10 to 12 days, but that you could make this happen now. Like, you could decide that, like, do you want to allow my baby to come now? And um, I remember... I remember I had one contraction, but I mean, I've been having some, so it wasn't that like. Having one wasn't like this. No, not at all. And it wasn't even that. I just remember having one that I looked like at the clock just for a second. Like, oh, there's a contraction. Yeah. Oh, that feels a little bit different, but um, 
then Tim walked in and like handed me a bowl of soup in bed and I kind of like readjusted and he left the room and as I like readjusted in bed holding this bowl of soup I'm like feeling like you start to have another contraction right or no no oh okay. that was when I felt like warm and I'm like my peeing I just felt so like unsure of what was happening mm-hmm. and I couldn't move because I still have a broken arm. I have a broken leg. I'm holding a hot bowl of soup and I can't set it down anywhere. And I'm like giant pregnant. And so I'm like, I can't even move to like figure out what's coming out or like right. what is happening. So I like called him on his phone and was like, can you come back in here? And he like comes back in and I'm just like standing, sitting there and I'm like, I think maybe my water is breaking right now. Can you take my soup? And he's like, okay. And he like takes the soup and I'm like, can you, like, help me stand up to get to my wheelchair to get to the bathroom to see what's going on down there? And mm-hmm. as soon as he, like, helped me up to get onto my wheelchair, it was, like, there was no question in my mind. And I could see the puddle on the bed and knew it was, like, yeah, okay, no, this is... So he's, like, helping me in my wheelchair, wheels me to the bathroom, gets me up on the toilet, and it's, like, very obviously my water is pouring out. And I just sit there for a second... And he, I think, goes and, like, takes the sheets off the bed, maybe. He just, like, leaves me immediately. And I'm just, like, uh, so shocked by, like, I had had no contraction. I'm this early. I just felt so You had to have the conversations we that had you it. were going to have. You hadn't taken the shower you wanted to take. <laughs> yes, that shower. Yes. I mean, just. Yes. I sat there for a minute just thinking, this is not real. But then, of course, my next thought is I need to call Danny. So I call you and you answer. My phone right now. Only works on speakerphone. I can't answer it on normal phone because mm-hmm. the, then people can't hear me. So I turn it on to speakerphone. As I'm answering it, my kids are bringing my 19-month-old upstairs with a gash on his head. That's like his head is split open. <laughs> he just is split open. I also, our friends had just gotten there for dinner and I'm running late with making <laughs> and dinner. And you were making... So I was making hamburger patties. With like... It had, like, raw meat all over my hands, and I'm, like, running late. Like, this should have already been done, and it it should be cooking, and I'm already, like, (laughs) running behind. And, like, Paxton's screaming in the background because of his eye. Yeah, his head being cut open, and my kids are, like, I'm, like, here, kids, follow me back to my bathroom so I can bandage up Paxton's head. I don't even think I said it right away, either, because I could hear what was going on. I was, like, hey, and I was kind of surprised that you were calling me because... You knew that I was having people over for dinner, and it just felt like, kind of like, okay. I already saw you. Yeah, this feels like strange. You were going to just be kind of having a quieter time. And so we're walking down the hallway, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And you're like, my water just broke. And I'm like. (laughs) You go, oh, well, Paxton's head's bleeding. I have ground beef all over my hands. Riley and Sierra just got here. Um, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you can call me back because there's nothing I really need. I just wanted to, like, tell you right away. And you're like, no, it's fine. I just washed my hands and... Guys, Paxton's head's almost finished being bandaged. So, um, we were just both so not expecting that at all. I don't know if that shocked you as much as it shocked me, but... Well, yeah, because I felt like... I felt similarly to you where I feel like I had hung out with you all morning and you hadn't even been emotional all morning. Mm -hmm. And, like... Felt like it was a really normal morning. So I felt like the place I left off with you 
even. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I had seen you be like an emotional hot mess. But even then. I don't No, I don't think so. But it would have at least given me some amount of like, uh, that feels like pre-labory. That yes. It still would have felt too soon, and I know those can come and go. Yes. But I don't. I didn't even witness you in that stage at all. Yes. I witnessed you in a very like, yeah. just hanging out, like having a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. You're in a pretty good mood, like. Yeah. And thinking that the plan was for you to take a shower in the afternoon, so I'm assuming that had happened. Like. Yeah. I'm just not. I know your boys are gone. I like. Yes. So I'm expect I'm in my mind where you were in your house and life yes. was that like <laughs> you've had this kind of low key like Tim helping you afternoon and now you only have a few kids at home and yeah. somebody's brought dinner and so yeah. no it was it was <laughs> no I feel like I had even thought like maybe some, by this weekend maybe like something will start happening maybe yeah. she'll have her baby early but no, I didn't feel like I had been home long enough that that would happen yet. I didn't. The first thing I did was look at the clock because I knew I was having a, a hospital birth this time. And with COVID, there are new policies where I could have one support person 24 hour, but then they were allowing one additional person between the hours of 10 and 6. And so I knew going in that Danny and I always like have want to have each other there and so I knew yeah. like my hope and desire was that I would go into labor early morning and be able to like have Danny there at with least me come the by at like yes. 10 and so the first thing I do when I look when mm. my water breaks is look at the clock and it is exactly six o'clock and it, it and I did the exact same thing and it it was again one of those it was almost like this clear message it was almost from better the Lord. yes yes it was almost this clear message from the Lord of like I'm not having it be four o'clock where you're like yes. hoping that you hurry up and yes. have the baby and we need to rush and or could or... you imagine if like we're at the hospital all day and like I have my baby at like six thirty and they like make you leave thirty right. minutes but it just yeah there yeah. are so many things but it felt literally like well I mean I thought well I hope for her sake that she I'm not gonna be there that she has her baby before ten in the morning mm-hmm. but. It feels like it's not even something to wonder about. I don't have to wonder if I'm try- supposed to try to be there or mm-hmm. go. And that was <laughs> gracious of God that that wasn't a factor in the whole thing because... So at this point, you say, like, I'm going to come over. To just... To I just evaluate to, like, eva- what was happening. Since I am feel like it's so far from... Yes. So you walk in, I'm sitting on the toilet, and... You're kind we of both trying... know. We both know that I'm not coming with you. Yes. And I feel like there was an emotional aspect yes. of that. The second you walked like... in, we both started bawling. Yes. Because we just knew. Yeah. That and could, it just okay, felt that like this is what this is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Like we've been wondering how this is all going to play out. Yeah. And this is what's playing out. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. And then it was like. I prayed for you, that you'd have peace over what was going on mm-hmm. and everything. I was praying for myself as much as for you, but... Yeah. I was in just... I just just remember feeling so shocked. Like, no other, like... I was just in disbelief. So, I remember saying, like, I still haven't gotten that shower. I need Tim to still... Like, I can't go and give birth without having the shower. When we say this, like, you've you've been living in bed and you've maybe had, like, two or three showers up until this point total in the last month. Because it's such an ordeal. Right. So... 
I know we're putting a lot of emphasis on this shower, but it was emotionally. It really it felt like I can't. Like I need uh, this has to happen. Yeah. So you were like, okay, I'm gonna take your other three kids back to my house, while Tim starts to like pack up your hospital bag and helps you in the shower, and then I'm gonna. And I remember I don't know why I asked you to do this, but I just probably because I was trying to get in the shower. But I said like, can you please. Call oh, our friend. Our friend who was on, who is the person who is supposed to be like coming to watch my kids when I'm in the hospital. Like, can you call and just let her know my water broke and kind of tell her she doesn't need to rush over, but to start getting things together. So I call her and there had Amidst been... while you take my other three kids and you have like a family over at your house the... that you're supposed to be feeding dinner to. Right. And they, they <laughs> had like jumped in and are now making dinner and now we're trying to stretch the amount of food that I felt like I barely had like perfect amounts for their family and now I'm making food for your boys because right I know that yeah they're gonna not want to eat the soup that you have when my kids are eating burgers and fries and so yeah it was they totally I feel like they totally got gypped as far as we were trying to like serve them and bless them and they ended up getting roped into having to serve and bless yes. our families but they did it willingly and were so gracious about it and um I make that phone call and there had been conversations like a brief conversation I think with you I mm-hmm. think that there was like a yes this person my friend had told me that she was watching her friend's kid on like, Thursdays on that Thursday, Thursday and Friday morning. And I didn't realize it was every Thursday. Because it was from the week before that I knew about it. Okay. So I didn't know it was like going forward more Thursdays. I just thought it was that last week. And it wasn't even on my radar that I was going to be having a baby. It was so. just one more time because she... Yes. She had like put some comments somewhere. Like yes. if it can just be past yeah. Saturday or something. But yeah. I think... Like you said, none of us really thought that was going to be right. an issue. I don't think she thought it was going to be an issue. I don't mm-hmm. think you thought it was going to be an issue. And she had said they could just either come with her or something. But the detail we didn't know was that they needed to come over at 6 in the morning. Yes. Which really is a different thing than like a 9 in the morning yeah. commitment or something. So she was kind of like, I feel horrible about this, but... I don't really know, like, know I don't really do. know what we're supposed to do because it's I am night committed and, that yeah. in the morning I'm watching my friend's kid at six in the morning, so I, I need to be home at that time or something. Yeah. So it kind of felt like the thing that made the most sense was to just, for us to just watch your kids, but there was I didn't know any zero of zero details. We hadn't. We ha- I hadn't I hadn't even begun to think through like what that looked like and would entail, mm-hmm. other than knowing how that was when I had tried to watch them when you had gone to the hospital like yeah months before. That was my only experience of trying to know like okay what's gonna be the best as far as where who sleeps and mm-hmm. what we try to do. So I kind of start talking to Chip and figuring this out before I come back to tell you. Yes. And we're just like showering me and getting me dressed and packing up our hospital stuff. I'm having like mild contractions, but more just crampy. I'm not like regularly. You don't feel like in any sort of rush. No, no. 
So I come back over, explain the situation, and get you. We wait till the boys get home from their movie. Mm-hmm. So that you can say bye to all your kids. That was definitely yes, I really probably want. the biggest difficulty in the whole thing for you of having a hospital birth. Yes, is having to leave my other kids for sure. Now, I felt the most comfortable leaving them with you because that's just that you're besides me. You're the one that knows them and their needs the most. But still having to like leave my kids and know that know what it was asking of you like know that you just got home like I knew that yes you're the person I would want to do it and know and my kids would want to do it but at the same time I knew what that meant and particularly we talked about Graceland's fears and struggles and after the accident nights were just much harder and I knew that if it was just some random person at my house with Grayson. Which not that this other friend was a random person. No, but I'm saying like if we found someone else. Yes. Like it just was, it was going, that was something Grayson was really, Grayson has been at my last few births and has really wanted to be at this birth. And so the fact that she couldn't be there and then we weren't going to be home to be with like. Right. Helping her. It just, right. it was a lot. So it was like the best case scenario in that sense. But so anyway, we got ready to leave a couple I think it was about two and a half hours after my water broke that we were finally said goodbye to the kids got you got all my kids over there and at that point you said I don't know what we're doing about sleeping if we're gonna have them all sleep at my house or if Chip and I will split up between the two houses you weren't sure and I was kind of like well the difficult part of it was that with Paxton he was still getting up and nursing a lot he was sleeping in our bed a lot and, and Reuben was getting up in the night still multiple times. Right. And then Graceland was feeling more comfortable with me than with Chip. So mm-hmm. it felt like if I come to your house and I'm with your kids, even if I bring Paxton with me, now it means I'm on my own to be dealing with Paxton and to be dealing with your kids. Mm-hmm. And that might mean like two 19-month-olds that <laughs> need to be yeah. being fed at the same, like, need a bottle being fixed, and I'm trying to nurse, and I'm, and yeah. and kids who are, like, getting woken up and are upset, and it felt like that feels like I need Chip to be able to help me with that, mm-hmm. but it felt like bringing everybody to my house also felt kind of crazy, which mm-hmm. it was, but it felt like at least now I feel like I have another adult to yeah. be with the situation if I'm doing something with someone so that's what we did yeah brought everyone to one place we so we put there were 10 10 boys in our boy room and there were four girls in the girl room and then we had paxton in our room with us so in our three upstairs <laughs> bedrooms, we had all 15 kids. It's fine. So, and I feel like, honestly, it could have been totally fine. But it, I still, I literally feel like it, it was spiritual warfare. I feel mm-hmm. like there's no other explanation for me. It was one of the worst and hardest nights of my entire life. As far as... Being away from you while what we're about to, like, talk about was going on with you. 
not that anything bad happened, but well, yeah, we should just go. I feel like there was a part of me that wanted to just have you tell your birth story from your perspective and me tell from my perspective, maybe even on another episode, but it feels like it makes more sense to be like how we've been talking about going through the timeline where we're both from our perspective, like what's happening at that point in time. So you go off. So I leave to go to Banner Acatillo, and that is a hospital that we had been, that's the one that we went to with Danny's atopic pregnancy, and my my recent hospital trips, it was a newer hospital, we had really liked it, and that was why I picked the OB group I did, was because I knew they went there, that's where I had first met that OB, was in the ER there, so... I call ahead to... You did get mixed information during your pregnancy. Yes. One appointment they had said I couldn't go there, but then the next appointment they said I could. Right. But it was a different person, like yes. a different midway. So I was just like, well, I'm calling ahead to let them know I'm coming. If there's a reason I can't go there, then they would tell me. So I call ahead, talk to the midwife on call, tell her my information, tell her what was happening and that. And she said, okay, I'll meet you. Like, we'll see you at the hospital. And so... We left and we drove to the hospital um, and I mean, it was, I feel like it was relatively like, I was shocked, but I wasn't in like a ton of pain. I, I remember even asking you before we left, like, is this crazy that I'm going already? Because I'm not really like having active labor contractions. Like, should I even, I know I was getting an epidural, but it felt like, should I even be going this soon? And I was like, well, your water broke. So yes, th- that feels like yes. And you, the whole point is that you don't want to have to be in, like, this excruciating right. pain feeling like the baby's about to come out and right. you can't walk and you're trying yes, to get but settled. but typically I don't yes. recommend people go to the hospital no, just because their water breaks. No, like, that's it not... was definitely... Yes, I just had to, like, rethink through it and say it out loud of, like, <laughs> why am I doing this exactly? Why are we leaving so soon? Yes. So, we got there. It was very, like, relaxed and I was contracting probably every, like, six or seven minutes, but it was, like... Would just close my eyes and Tim pushed me in my wheelchair and I was, felt fine. They got me, um, they started bringing me up to triage and they were asking me like what baby number and I, if I was sure my water broke. And once I like explained to them, they were like, oh, then we can just skip triage and we'll just take you right into your room to admit you. And I was like, great. Cause they were really busy and I think all the triage rooms were full too. So they brought me back to my room. I had this nice big room and I just remember feeling such, like, peace. Like You sent me pictures and... And just felt like they've already got me back here. They've already started my AV. They came in and they were, like, asking me about my birth plan and kind of told them what I was wanting. And um, You're I... kind of also still going through the whole thing from the morning. I mean, God has yes. just answered. Yes. You've just now laid down this, like, big request before him of, like, almost like I don't... Be- like, I... Like, I'm struggling to believe you could do this, but I'm, like, admitting yes. you could do this. And then he, like, allows your water to break. So yes. Well, that happened with the van when I said right. that. That happened then with my water when I said that. And then before we left for the hospital, I stopped him and I said, I really need you to pray for me because I'm I'm really struggling with feeling fearful. And honestly, like, I just don't believe that God is going to give me a good experience. Yes, you can. And so it just kept... And you also, I remember you, one of the major reasons that it was important to you to be at Banner Akatia was because you felt like if they 
if there was a reason you ended up having to go to Banner Desert, that it was because, like, something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that you felt like Banner Akatia was, like, the... Banner Desert was the hospital that is ju- we've just had some really terrible experiences at. But also you felt like, because it's, like, a trauma one level yes. hospital, like, well, you I remember you saying things like, well... Maybe if I need to be there, like, I need to be there because, like, yeah. you, from the kind of effects of the accident, still, like, yes. worrying that there was going to be something that happened with you or something mm-hmm. that happened with Boaz that you felt like if God took you to there, it's because you're going to need some, like... Yeah. Inter- I, I know you might not have dwelled on that, but that was definitely something you had brought up at mm-hmm. one point. Like, well, maybe he'll make me go to Banner Desert just because that's where we have to be because there's going to be something really... Right crucial happening and I I remember in my conversation with Tim right before we left for the hospital where I had I remember saying to him like knowing what I know about epidurals and just interventions in hospitals I know the risks of things complications happening from getting an epidural or from having giving birth into hospital increases like I just know I know enough about birth that's why I usually have my babies at home that it just felt like because I'm, I know I'm going in and willingly asking for an epidural. That my only for... op, the only outcome of that is going to be all the other interventions and all the other complications that are going to happen, and it's just going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling Tim like I'm just struggling to believe that like knowing that we're going to go in there and ask for an epidural that could God could still yeah that he could smooth. still allow it to be a good experience. And right as that like sentence came off my lips to Tim, immediately I thought about the van. And thought about just like I didn't believe he could give us the van that he, Tim came home with, or that I could have my baby sooner than twelve days, and then my water breaks, and now here I am, like not believing that he could give me a good experience with a hospital birth. And so, anyway, get all trucked into my room. Um, it had been a couple hours. Contractions were getting a little bit closer together, and I was just overall feeling like I wonder when I'll get an epidural. They had checked me and said it was three centimeters and I was kind of like okay like you were like uh, eight eighty percent of face or yeah eighty percent of face really like soft soft and... so it just felt like well this feels like exactly what should be happening with how I'm feeling I'm not feeling like I need to get an epidural but they're sh- like strong enough that I know things are happening and so so you text me like a picture of the room and like look I'm already I've already been admitted yes. and this is like right around the time that I'm We've just kicked out our friends and said sorry that I have to have you leave so early. I mean, it was like 8.30 or something, but normally I would be like, oh, you can stay however late. But I was like, I really have to figure out and get beds situated. And so I'm feeling like, okay, at least Abby, like all I have to do is get the kids settled down and like in bed and then I can get some sleep and like things just feel, not that I shouldn't be like, kept awake by whatever's happening with you but it just there's like yeah. gonna be a level of yeah so so then um a, a nurse manager walks in and says um i'm really sorry to be the one to tell you this but you you can't have your baby here and i was like thinking like i have an IV. what do you what do you mean i can't have my baby here i'm like admitted admitted I'm... in active labor and she's like we don't do v-backs and i'm like First of all, my C-section was 11 years ago and I've had five vaginal births since. Can you explain to me why you don't do V-backs? Like, she's like, well, because if if there was an emergency... It's only 10 years ago, but that's 
Almost. I said almost. <laughs> oh. Um, if there was an emergency, you know, we wouldn't be able to take care of you. And I was like, and I just kept pushing back like that. That doesn't logically make sense though, because you have an anesthesiologist here. And if there's an emergency in the room next door, you can get them back for an emergency C-section. So I don't, that doesn't make sense right. of like why it might not be like. vaginal birth mom might need an emergency right. C-section That's, And so too. I said like, I, I would like for you to like talk to a supervisor. Like I. I, I'll sign whatever I have to sign, but I don't, I want to have my baby here. I'm already here. And, you know, they left and it was kind of back and forth um, where she would come in and kind of push back a little bit more. And I would kind of push back like, this doesn't make sense. And she kind of understood that it didn't make sense and kind of admitted like. And during this time you did find out that the midwife you had talked to who was on call for you was yes, actually at. At the other hospital. Um, and that. And she called you. She called me to and talk and said, you. like, I can't come there to have to deliver you. They won't allow me to. So you can come to this hospital and I can try to give you the best experience that I can. Um, I've been a midwife for 30 years. I had never met this midwife, so I didn't know her at all. Um, she had been a home birth midwife. Yes. So she's like, it's up, ultimately up to you. Um, so they left. And at, she said that the doctor who would be your doctor on call, mm-hmm. essentially, she didn't no. She didn't also. know her either. And I So there was her. like no there was no yes. being able to say, but you're in good hands there too. Right. It, it felt was like, like a... it could honestly go either way. So we asked the nurse to leave so Tim and I could pray about it. And before starting that prayer, I felt very like th- I have no way of knowing what like it feels fifty fifty. What am I supposed to do? And as soon as we finished praying, I kind of said, like, so what do you think? And Tim's like, I think we should probably go. And I said, I I do too because I just feel like they're not I'm already fighting like and they're not they don't want me here so I can I can like refuse to leave and they would have to like physically let me have my baby here but is that going to be really the like peaceful experience we're hoping for no when you've just also had the reassurance from the other midwife yes. that if you come there she's going to work she's ready to for give me and... you yes hopefully so that. I agree um I call the nurse back in I agree and they're like okay great because the paramedics are already outside the door ready to take you in the ambulance and I'm like okay because they were they knew I was in active labor they knew this was like not like a her water broke but she's not having contractions like my contractions are getting closer they're getting stronger by this point they checked me again and I'm four centimeters and it had only been like I don't know half an hour or so and so they knew things were progressing um, I like made a joke to the paramedic, like, well, my last baby, I went from four centimeters to having him out in a half an hour. So kind of trying to make a joke and she got so terrified. She's like, well, uh, we don't do that. And I'm like, well, that's fine. She's like, no, you don't understand. We don't do that. And I'm like, well, if, if he comes out, you're going to do it. Like if he comes out in your ambulance, you don't have a choice. Like, He's going to come out. You're transporting me. That's why I'm not going in my car. Like, this is, you You do do that. You might not want to do it. And she's like, should I have the nurse come back in and check you again? And I'm like, no, it, it's fine. And so she was very, it was two women too. And they were very, very nervous. <laughs> I feel like if it had been guys, they wouldn't be. Because I feel like guys she, always. I was like, what is You hear problem? about guy paramedics that deliver yeah. babies. And they're like, oh, yeah, I've delivered some babies. But. So after that, <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is just, you guys are acting way too nervous about this. So. But as this whole thing is happening, well, yeah, go ahead. What did you... So I didn't like try to hold you... back right. at all then because I just was like, well, 
Maybe I should feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so every contraction, I they were probably every four minutes or so, and I definitely just let let it out. I let my noises out. I let, and they were terrified mm, every so contraction. Funny. I would open my eyes from that contraction, and the paramedic who's sitting in the back of the ambulance with me would just look at me. It was like she was like gripping the seat the whole contraction, and then she would look at me and be like, "We're almost there. We're we're almost there." Uh-huh. Like she was just so panicked that I was gonna have him in. Oh man, the I kind of wish she would have. I did but... too, actually, but. So. I had, I think it was like right around the time I'm getting, like we're getting the kids to bed that is the time that you are letting me now know, uh-huh. like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm like transferring to an, to the hospital that you don't want to be at. Have said, and I'm praying for you, praying you're handling it well, praying, and just thinking like God has to be giving her peace over he this. He did, because, he was. I really did. I don't feel but, like I should have felt peaceful about it, but I did. I felt peace. I felt peace about the situation, but I definitely felt some anxiety and a lot of prayerfulness for you. Right, because we hadn't had a lot of time to actually talk out. Like I would send you text updates, but you didn't know how I was coping with it. Not at all, and I just know that I'm like really praying for you a lot. Yeah. So, but that's also making me like because I feel like now I need to wait for you to get resettled and yeah. Before I can really, like, turn my brain off and Mm -hmm. I just, it's like, you just want to keep checking your phone of, like, did you make it there yet? Like, Mm -hmm. do they have you in a room yet? Have you, are you talking to your midwife? Like, what's, like, it just definitely escalated the curiosity level of, like, Mm -hmm. what's going on from when you had first texted me, like, we're all settled in a room and it's great and I'm resting and I'm going to probably get an epidural soon and, like, So So we get into a new room. This is around midnight. So now it's change days. Now it's Thursday morning, July 29th, which is also Danny's oldest son's birthday. And what was special about that is because I was now at the hospital after being transferred, the hospital that Danny had given birth to him at on that same day. Yep. And so... Um, like, same timeline. Yes. So, I get there at, like, I midnight. I had gone to labor at 6.30 in the yes. evening and... You yeah. went to the hospital at 8.30, which is the same time I went to that first yeah. hospital. So, then I get checked around 1.15 and I'm 6 centimeters, which, which is, is exactly also how far dilated you were at one. I had taken on a day. picture with the clock in the background and, like, holding up six fingers. And so, you did the same thing, yeah. which just is fun. To see God's hand in those. I remember they checked me and said I was 600. I'm like, oh, Tim, take a picture of me because Danny took this picture. Yeah. So I got that epidural around 1.30 um, and felt like it was, I was praying a lot about when I was supposed to get it. I didn't want to get it too early, but I didn't want it to be this like chaotic thing that was the whole point of why I was like there. And so I feel like it really, God really made that clear after one specific contraction and they got the, him in. It didn't hurt at all. It was totally great. And, um, the first moment in over in a month that you, I foot, didn't feel any pain in my foot. It was amazing. I was like, felt like an extra bonus that God it was just, just so relief as well. Yes. And to not feel any pain there, um, was so, so great. Um, so we just kind of settled in. Tim went to sleep. It was so weird to just labor like that. I'm like, I had like a peanut ball between my legs and I'm like just laying there listening to Bo's heartbeat. I wasn't sleeping, but I just was just laying there praying a lot about, you know, okay, 
now I have that girl. Now I know things could start happening and, uh, you know, his heart rate could drop. And, like, I knew all the things mm-hmm. that could happen from the situation I was in. But I also was like, this is where you have me. And I'm just going to trust that, like, you can allow this to go well, that you can keep both safe and that. Um, so I spent a lot of time praying and kind of just they would come in and switch me back and forth few times to you know as he was moving down and whatever so very like little details in that because it was just like now i'm eight centimeters and now um meanwhile god put the devil in my (laughs) my child all of the the kids were sleeping well had like gone to bed but paxton who was in my room woke up and he normally just nurses and goes right back to sleep and it's no big deal but for whatever reason, he refused to nurse. He was screaming bloody murder. And I didn't want him to wake up all the other kids. And so there was really nowhere in my house I could go that they wouldn't hear him screaming. Right. So I took him outside. It's hot outside. He's, like, confused and mad of why we're outside, but he won't nurse out there either. It was... I'm, he's never been like this before this that night he has never been like that since that night it's completely out of any sort of character of him to mm-hmm. have a response like that it felt similar to when my kids have had night terrors but he's never been a kid that's had any night terrors and like mm-hmm. I said he's never been yeah like this since and I didn't take my phone out there with me so I had no way of like letting like trying to get chips attention to without going in with a Screaming. Completely. Yeah. I mean, the level of, like, screaming, like, and and clawing at me and pushing. And if I tried to, like, set him down on the ground, like, the thrashing around. Just the, like, they're completely out of control and mm-hmm. you don't recognize them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to, like, walk him around and bounce him. I'm trying to show him things. I'm trying to nurse him multiple times. I'm trying to get him other food or drinks like it it was just it was crazy yeah and he was like that for like over a half an hour I'm like just crying and begging God to help him and help me and finally eventually it's like he snapped out of it and nursed and I was able to bring him in my bed and he fell asleep for a couple of hours and then the whole thing Started over again. I think at some point in the night, Ruben, I gave him a bottle or chipped Chipped it. Chipped it. I Mm -hmm. told him, like, he needs something. So he, it was, I think, when I had just gotten Paxton settled or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But he was great about it. He just took the bottle and kind of patted him, and he just went right back to sleep. And so at 4, I think 4.20, Paxton woke up again and the whole thing started all over again and he never went back to sleep at that point so I had gotten maybe two hours of sleep that Mm -hmm. night and then you had Bo yeah so let's see he was born at 5.11 it was like 4.45 that I was complete and started pushing and that whole delivering a baby with an epidural thing was so weird. I had, 
I, I mean, I don't know what I expected it to be. It just was nothing like any of my other experiences in such a bizarre, like, out-of-body experience. Like, when they're, like, telling me that they like, see his head and I, like, can see it in a mirror but feeling nothing, it just was... This is why it's interesting because... So, my first three births were all epidural births, and then I didn't have epidurals after that. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the things that was always talked about, about not having an epidural, was that you could be so much more connected to the process Mm -hmm. and so much more, like, involved in it. And so, it's, it's true, but on a different level. Yes. So... So with the epidural, I feel like you're, I feel like you're mentally able to be very present and with it right. as far as like the knowledge base of what's happening right? from a truly like just mind mental mm-hmm. component but that, you're, because you're so disconnected from the, the feeling of it, yes. you're able to be very involved in all the conversations and Well, that's what, I, that's what I mean. You're involved in, like, what's happening of, like, the hangout time in the room. But the fact of, like, you're not involved in, like, what's happening to your body. Right. But that's... So, I'm trying to be prepared for... I'm, I was trying to figure out, like, how am I going to be more connected with having no epidural mm-hmm. than I... Because I felt connected. I felt connected on a on a Mental, knowledge yeah. level. Like, I felt like I knew everything that was happening, and mm-hmm. that was my only experience. Right. So then when I had the experience of a hospital birth which in a bed with no epidural and the pain and having no, of like, base, essentially no, I would say no comfort mm-hmm. measures, like mm-hmm. no helpful ways yeah. to deal with it. I feel like the pain can get so excruciating when you're not yes. in any way prepared to deal with it. Yes. That I feel like on a mental level, I was completely gone and mm-hmm. completely disconnected and had no concept of like, I feel like the first unmedicated birth I had I felt so disconnected from even knowing my baby was coming out or Mm -hmm. even knowing that I even had a baby. I feel like it wasn't that long. It was probably like 20 seconds or 30 seconds or something before I was like, oh, oh, a baby. Like, I just had my baby. Can you like, but my only thought was like, praise God that that is, that that stopped. Like, Mm -hmm. because it was just so, so it was really interesting because... You're experiencing feeling more uh, disconnected yes. from it because you're so used to feeling connected to the yes. body part yes. of it. Mm-hmm. But I was so used to feeling connected to the mental part right. that having that taken away felt like, well, I did not feel more connected to that process at all. Yeah. I felt like that was crazy. Yeah. So it was just really... and I So I pushed for about a half an hour. He was posterior, sunny side up, and... You know, I could see in the mirror that he was starting to come out, and I just kind of reached down and pulled him up. But it just felt so anticlimactic from, like, my other experiences of, like, it just felt like, oh, that was done. <laughs> like, it just it just felt weird. It just felt really strange. Um, but I was so glad that he was out, and I was so happy to, like, see him. He was and okay, him and, and he you was were healthy, okay, and... and 
Um, the it, hospital staff was really respectful. Of... They did. They let me pull him out, and they were great. At, I had asked them not to like come and like vigorously rub my baby down with towels, and to just like let us be. And they did, and they were really great with that. And I remember thinking, "Wow, you sound so much like Reuben." Like I just, he, his cry was just so Reuben. And I must have said that 500 times. Um, I think I, I kept saying, like, you remind me so much of Ruben so many times that my midwife, as like, she was looking over the placenta and was like, but he's not Ruben. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kept saying it. Um, so, yeah, it just got me cleaned up, cleaned the blood off my, my boot on my foot that was there. And um, they, yeah took the epidural out, started feeling the pain back in my foot, but not nearly as bad as it was. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's so much more that we can get into after that, but overall I feel like it was wonderfully anticlimactic. Nothing like any of my other experiences. Was I thankful for the epidural in this scenario? Absolutely. Yes. It was exactly what God answered my prayer. The epidural, the hospital, the, yes. the monitoring. But like, the was cure. that experience like what I would want in my births going forward? No. But it was God answered my prayer in that he would allow me to have the relief from the epidural in my foot and to give birth to my baby in a healthy and safe way and not have all these other complications arise from that. And um, he was just really gracious in answering that prayer yet again the third time that day um and so it was just really great the worst part was not being able to get my own bed after yes by far yeah like torturous it literally and be with your family and have your kids like meet him right away yeah so he's born at 5 11 in the morning um on july 29th and so then we had you know the whole day plus one more night and then we left the next morning so we were there only like 26 hours after birth but it felt like forever yes that was my experience after both Brinley and Titus in the hospital was feeling like it especially with um I guess both of them I kind of got left there with just the baby chip would go home and take care of the other kids so it definitely just felt really lonely and sad to be there with just a baby and so I definitely understand how long that day can feel yes it's yeah um yeah. Well, I feel like we should wrap this one up yeah. and jump Go into, into the next phase of our life next week. Yeah. But I mean, is there anything else that you feel very specifically about like the actual birth? I know um, we'll obviously pick up right there at like that yeah. morning. No, and... just just it just was so different. I feel like even I asked him about it afterwards too. Like, I mean, he because he, he doesn't sleep in labor. Because he doesn't quote unquote like, like birth. Right. I'm and, like, you got to sleep in labor. You got to like sleep right after I had it. Like, how like, was, was that? Was this great to you? Yes. And you'd like want me to do this every time. And he said no. Interesting. Which was interesting to me because I feel like he 
like it was both like quote unquote easier on both of us, but yet it just wasn't. It's like the trade off of of the convenience and the ease. Like you can't replace though the intimacy s- Tim and I have, where he's like you helping just, me through yeah. hard contractions. You of the can't scripture. do that. It, like, like, well, there's no need for that first right. of all. But even if there was, it feels so much more intruded upon by like monitors and beeping right. and people coming in and out whenever yeah. and being yeah. in a uncomfortable like environment yes. and yeah so it just wasn't it wasn't what either of our preferences were but again it right was perfect. but it was what you exactly needed yeah. and yeah so yeah that i i feel 100 percent like thankful and grateful for like do the you experience and have you struggled at all okay so knowing it's 100 percent what you needed it's 100 percent like you there's nothing you would change about it mm-hmm. do you struggle at all with any like overarching grief just like the whole grief of the things that come along with the accident in general yes do you struggle with not struggle but have there yeah. been moments of grieving of like that, the that thing, was... like the accident took Yes. That from being one of your normal birth processes yes. away. Yes, and honestly, just the whole end of the pregnancy. It felt right. like that just wasn't what is normal. I didn't get to, like, do certain things. And so that, that goes into, like, how it changed my birth. But at the same time, I feel very much like God was so gracious and sovereign over that. But it does feel like, oh, that's kind of a... It was sad Well, and these are... Me. Right. These are the areas that it's so difficult because on one hand, it feels like there can be a feeling of if I grieve this, am I somehow saying I'm dissatisfied with God's will and God's sovereignty and his no, plan? No, there can be... Dis- I mean, it's the but same thing... To, right, there are with, different levels of emotions in these things that different women experience. But it's similar to me in not nursing Bo. Like, is it sad to me that I'm not nursing him? Yes, because... I'm, that's not the original way God created it to go. And so I can feel a level of like sadness in that. Now it should not be all consuming sadness. It right. should not be like crippling grief. Right. But it can't, you can feel there can those be emotions and that is of... okay and normal and right. fine. Um, as long as it's like your foundation in that is like, and this is what God it's, had for it. It's just been so interesting to me because that feels like a, a general theme that I've, I feel like logically I know, but living that out over these months has been really, just a really interesting thing to figure out that balance of being able to, that grief, it doesn't mean discontentment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think somewhere along the line in my life, it felt like there's, some tie that grief means discontentment grief means I wouldn't want it this way Mm -hmm. but figuring out that there can be grief that you're holding that is truly grief that Mm -hmm. is truly feeling the heaviness and the sadness and all of that but not necessarily saying but I'm I'm discontent or I'm saying like this isn't what I want from you, God, or that I don't trust that this mm-hmm. is from your hand or 
like that I think you are good that I think you are good and I can grieve this and I'm accepting it fully but I'm still sad right has felt like a a new thing for me to actually like walk out and practice yeah Yeah. and I feel like it's happened in different yeah a lot of contexts between my ectopic between my grandpa dying like between your accident there's been a lot of chances for God to yep really pound this into us (laughs) yeah but I think it's important to, to acknowledge and talk about because yeah. I don't think it gets talked about a lot. That mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like in order to be accepting of God's will, you just have to be like... The contentment means that you feel fine about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And grief doesn't really feel fine, mm-hmm. even if it feels... You can have peace and grief and yeah, it's a strange combination. Yeah. Because the world doesn't think you can have those things right. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll pick up at five thirty in the morning on July 29th when we <laughs> record next week. All right, sounds good. Bye.